Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast, where we're working to help you call a truce with your anxiety. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC. Welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. This week, my guest is Dr. Agnes Weinman. Agnes was on the podcast when I first started, so maybe a little bit over a year ago. Um, she was one of my very first guests, and I always enjoy talking to her. So I hope you're, you'll stay tuned in and listen. Uh, I appreciate all of you listeners and supporters. Please, if you have not already, uh, you can subscribe and leave a review in Apple Podcasts. It helps grow my audience and lets other women out there know that this is a resource for them. Dr. Agnes Weinman is a registered psychologist who works with overwhelmed, worried women. These incredible women have taught her that it is not us who are broken, but rather that we are trying to meet expectations that are making us sick, miserable, and plain fed up. Her mission is to help women screw these expectations and create a life that feels authentic, aligned, and amazing. I think Agnes is amazing, the work that she's doing. She's up in Canada, and her practice is filled with women who are very aligned with the audience of this podcast anxious, overwhelmed, stressed out women. So she's going to talk to us about her new project, Screw Expectations, which I think is going to be a book, but she's also posting about it on social media. And I just think it's fabulous. So let's get started. Hi, Agnes. Welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. Yay. So happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me again. I know. I'm so, I can't believe it's been over a year that you were here last, but that's exciting. I'm glad to have you back. I enjoyed our previous conversation so much that this will be fun to talk about something different. Yes. I'm, and again, and, and I'll honestly, though, I don't think it's so much different as kind of it's maybe my own evolution of understanding as to what creates anxiety for a lot of women. So I'm really excited to, again, this is just the next phase of my understanding of women's experiences. Mm, I love that. I love that. And it's true. It ties so nicely into our other conversation. But so you have created a new website and have been posting about it where I've seen it on social media. Uh, so, and the new website's called Screw Expectations. Is that right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you've made a few, so I'm going to read a little quote that is on your website and it says, she suffered from expectation discrepancy syndrome. And you note that you just made that up. <laughs> her expectations of herself were way too high. Her perception of herself and her own awesomeness was way too low. And the reality of her life was somewhere in the middle. And in that, she typically did not expect enough of other people. She mm -hmm. found herself trying to do everything on her own. Mm -hmm. 
I love that. I feel yeah. like that is such a common thread for women and can create a lot of anxiety. So much anxiety. Mm. So just to back it up, just so for people who may not have listened to our first conversation, just to kind of catch them up. Yes. So I am a clinical psychologist in private practice, and my specialty is working with overwhelmed, worried women. And there's a lot of them. There's so many. So many of them. So I, I kept hearing, you know, similar versions of a story and these, and the details may have been different. Um, the events might have been different, but the story of women that would come to see me were these amazing women, you know, just amazing human beings who were loving and who were insightful and, there was nothing wrong with them as to who they were. Mm -hmm. It was that they were trying to bend themselves into pretzels to meet all of these unrealistic expectations that his society has given them from day one. And they couldn't do it because no one can do it. And right. so that's where a lot of that, cre uh, that anxiety came from. And I was just like, shoot, like, there's nothing wrong with these women. What's And yes, they're in distress and they're struggling and they're suffering. So it's not to discount their experience. It's more that what was being placed at their feet as expectations from, again, day one was creating the distress. Mm. Well, and I feel like so many of the expectations come from our culture. I mean, mm -hmm. I know you and I are both white privileged women yeah. and you're in Canada, I'm in the US, but you know, similarly even with the privilege of being white in a white patriarchal society, there's still huge expectations that are placed on us from our culture. Mhm, mm absolutely. And so that was one of the things I really wanted to acknowledge and screw expectations that as bad as I may have it <laughs> as again, a Canadian white woman, you know, who has had so many privileges in life. And then when we look to, you know, women of color, queer women, trans women, the additional expectations that again, they're never going to meet. Mm-hmm. So it's just layers upon layers of society really trying to keep us small, keep us quiet, keep us exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so that we can't, you know, we don't have the energy or the reserve to be like, um, there, there are big problems here. You know, yeah. because we're so caught up in our own small bubbles, you know, trying to just get through the day feeling like we've done enough. Mm. I just, I read your blog post this morning about, you know, stop wearing busy like a badge <laughs> of honor. You know? And as you said, like so often when you meet someone, you know, you're a friend, colleague, whatever, how are you doing? How are you today? 
I'm busy. Like that's not a feeling. That's yes. like, yeah. And, but we do feel like we need to, I don't know, justify how busy we are or something. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because busy equals worthy. Yeah. Yeah. I was recently at a retreat and I was talking with a woman about this concept and she was saying, um, you know, she grew up working in a family business and, you know, they work six, usually seven days a week. And this was seen like this was the norm. This was expected. And then she would have, you know, she would take a a day off, i.e. like one of the days of the week not working. And her parents would be like, well, what did you do with your day off? Mm, right. How did you stay busy? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was walking yesterday and yes, I took time to walk, but it was exercise. Like I was keeping myself busy and I walked by a home and there's a woman sitting on the porch in the shade and reading a book. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that. <laughs> like, but I don't, you know, I rarely give myself time to just sit and read. Mm-hmm. But for pleasure. But yes, so busyness is, I feel like, one of those expectations that maybe we can let go of a little bit. Yeah. So, and again, since this whole square expectations thing, this is a movement. So for people who are like, well, what is this thing? So really, this is like every woman identifying person mm-hmm. who is like looking around her own life, her community, the world stage and saying like, um, guys, like we've gone horribly off course here and wants to really make changes because often we can feel helpless. Like, well, what am I going to do? That's going to make any real change that really we need to start making those internal changes, start modeling for the other women in our life that it's okay. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and this is one of my other blog posts is about having difficult conversations. And I totally acknowledge and validate how difficult these are. Again, going back, like I'm a privileged white woman, so I don't have to really censor myself because I don't, you know, you know, like black women who often have to fight against being the angry black woman trope, mm-hmm. you know, whereas I don't have that. But it's still scary for me to say like, when someone's like, oh, you must be so busy. And I'm like, no, not busy. (laughs) I prioritize my time. My life is full. But the things that I'm doing are things that I have made conscious decisions to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is so important. Like if you're choosing to... I think one of the examples you gave in your blog post is like to put your kids in sports or extracurricular mm-hmm. activities, you know, you're doing that not with this mindset of of keeping them busy too, because mm-hmm. then that makes you look like a good parent, but just mm-hmm. because this is something that's important to them, that, mm-hmm. that they enjoy, that they get something from. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've had to reframe because in the last year, my daughter went from one hour of dance a week to about six to seven hours. (laughs) (laughs) And I used to judge those dance moms. I will fully own it. But apparently when your child says to you, this is my passion and I want to do it, 
Yeah. And so I and my husband, you know, because we had to have that discussion together and we had to change our mindset about it, that it's not like, oh, now we're going to be her, you know, driving her mm-hmm. and, you know, reorganizing our life, you know, the way we look at this, like, how freaking fortunate are we that A, you know, she has found something that she loves and we have both the financial resources and the time in our own schedules to make this happen for her. Yeah. And that's not to say that every week night when I'm driving her, I'm just like, this is amazing. Like there's some like really, I, <laughs> oh my gosh, we're in the car again. But the bigger mindset is, you know, we are choosing to do this. This was the conscious decision. Mm-hmm. and. It's our choice. We are choosing to spend our time like this versus like, oh, I'm so busy. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you could have said no too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. And that leads us into another one of your points. Saying no doesn't make you a bad person on mm-hmm. any level to whether it's for obligations or for your children or family, whatever it is, that we can create boundaries and say no without having to have some elaborate excuse. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And again, you know, going back to our societal expectations that, you know, women have been trained to be very accommodating. Mm -hmm. Women have been trained to be polite and nice and not to make anyone uncomfortable. So say yes to all the things. Yeah. All the things, all the people. Well, yeah. Well, and it's interesting, uh, you know, to be likable. I, I don't know if you've read it. I just finished the book Notes to Self by Emily Pine. She's an Irish uh, professor, but writer as well. And she was talking about working in a university and just how many expectations there are there mm-hmm. that you know, not only do you have to be bringing in money for research, but you have to be writing, you have to be creating, you have to be teaching. And that saying yes to all of these things made you likable, like the university would like you if you were bringing in all this stuff. And that the more likable you were, the more work you had. And there wasn't anybody saying like, is this too much? Or if you, if you expressed like, maybe this is too much, I can't do this, then suddenly you weren't as likable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I don't talk about whether men are likable or not. No, no, <laughs> no. And in fact, when men have very strong boundaries, people are like, oh, they're just powerful. They're Yes, he just they, tells it like it is. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so, and, and again, I think we always want to be very balanced and the things that we say. So first of all, I want to say, you know, it's a very human thing to want to be accepted. Mm-hmm. It's a very human thing to want to be part of a group. I think really, we have, though, we have to be like, well, what does it mean to be liked? Mm. Yeah. You know, because being liked isn't the same as having an actual connection with another human being. Yeah. Yeah, those deeper personal connecting relationships mm-hmm. isn't all about liking because we can have a very deep relationship with somebody and not like some of the things that they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and but still be connected to them despite mm-hmm. maybe sometimes they say no to us. Right. And then we say no to them and that's okay. So I think trying to maintain connections and relationships by being likable is then again, where we get into that feeling exhausted and overwhelmed because we can't actually do all the things for all the people and be liked by everyone. So maybe letting go of the idea of being liked. Mm -hmm. And that's very uncomfortable. Yes. Um, And that's very, you know, there's a lot of internal work that goes into that because in order to be able to let that go, we have to first like ourselves. Yeah. Well, and having that connection to know what we want or what we need to be able to say yes or no mm-hmm. is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I often tell uh, my clients that, you know, bef- because again, usually it's our automatic default to just say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. So first of all, we want to just, you know, stop the process there that when someone makes a request, you know, take a deep breath and say, I'll have to get back to you on that. That can be an easier, at least, than a full out no right away. Yeah. Well, and pausing, you know, pausing. <laughs> giving, giving yourself permission to, yeah, say, uh, I'm not sure. Can I, yeah, mm-hmm. space to figure this out. Yeah. And I think that's a great way of saying like, I'm not sure. I don't know if I can commit to that right now. Yeah. I will get back to you. Yeah. No, I think that's, I've had similar conversations with clients and have almost even encouraged them to have like a go-to phrase where like, you know, I'm, I'll need to get back to you on that or, mm-hmm. you know, can, yeah, can you, yeah, give me a couple days to think this over or whatever it is just to give themselves the space to take a step back and figure mm-hmm. out what they need. Yeah. And there's a good chance that by the time you get back to that person, that thing won't even be needed anymore. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have found somebody else. <laughs> yes, that is true too. You know, because I think also sometimes, you know, people will just ask us to do things because we happen to be standing there. Yeah, it's true. Well, and yeah, either you're the closest person or yes, right. You're the, you're the one they're having the conversation with. In that mm-hmm. Moment. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I think that saying no peace is both, you know, one of the simplest things we can do, but also one of the hardest things. Yeah. So I want to acknowledge that a lot of what I say is very simple in theory and hard to do. Mm -hmm. Well, and I know we talked about this, I think, a little bit in our first conversation that, you know, if you, in your, you know, family of origin, if you've grown up where saying yes to things sort of helped keep the peace, you know, Mm -hmm. if you were the accommodator and you were 
trying to keep everyone happy, like it's very, that, that carries into adulthood and can mm-hmm. be very hard to let go of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because again, it's, it's just kind of now part of our unconscious and how we operate in the world. Yes. Yeah. So it takes, you know, a becoming aware of it. So making the unconscious conscious. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of getting a good understanding of why that is our go-to or why we operate like that in the world. I think really also honoring and acknowledging that that was adaptive at one point. Yes. I think sometimes we look at all of these things as these bad things that need to be changed or fixed about ourselves. Mm. Whereas really honoring like, you know what? when I developed that way of being in the world, I, I needed to do that. It no longer serves me. I want to honor that that was useful and helpful at one time. Yeah. And sometimes was survival. Yes. Yeah. So segueing into another one of your screw expectations. <laughs> Uh, this one I think is funny too. It's like, you are committed to your career for life, (laughs) right? I feel like I have had more conversations with men and women Mm -hmm. who are maybe mid thirties, early forties. And they're like, it's way too late. Like I am beyond, I can't make changes now. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but the ship has sailed. <laughs> yeah, like, but you could. I mean, yes. Does it take effort and maybe money or lack of money or, you know, a huge shift? But it can be done. It's never too late. That's my feeling. Yeah. And so where that expectation kind of came up from was not only working with, you know, my clients in their 30s and 40s, you know, but I have worked with, you know, university students in their second year Mm. who have, you know, back in high school decided that they were going to be a certain career and not to overgeneralize, but often those careers are kind of the prestigious careers, you know, things like being a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer, a dentist, you know, kind of these careers that have, again, a lot of status, a lot of prestige, and like some of the careers that we actually know exist when we're in adolescence. Yes, right. <laughs> big, big visible, yeah. Big career. visible careers. Yeah. So they pick these careers even before they get to university because they have to do all the prerequisites in high school. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then they get to university and they realize Either they really don't like it, maybe they're not doing so well because they're not super interested, mm-hmm. but here they are, you know, 19, 20 years old, and they're like, well, but this is what I started, so I have to at least finish it. And it's like, well, but if you finish it, it's not done. You just then start doing it every day yeah. for the rest <laughs> of your life. <laughs> So even these societal expectations, and again, we don't, it it starts even before high school, like when kids start their first day of school, 
They are asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. Like four, we're asking four-year-olds about their career plans. So crazy. (laughs) It is. It's crazy. I did. I remember being a junior in high school and doing a, I was fortunate enough that I went to a high school where we had a, like a semester of where we could do a project, basically like a research project. You didn't go class and you could kind of build it yourself. And I sat in with the preschool and I remember like I was looking at sort of gendered behaviors and stereotypes in the kindergarten, I guess it was. And I remember asking the kids even then, like at five, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they were very much along gender, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to be a mom or, and and not all of them. But yeah, I was asking those questions back then of (laughs) five-year-olds. And then, you know, and then we're shocked when kids in elementary school have high anxiety, Mm. you know, or are starting to engage in things like self-harm. And we're wondering why our kids are falling apart when we are, again, from, you know, even preschool. (laughs) Right. Like we are putting these expectations on them. And I think for a lot of us, we know that these are unrealistic and they are harmful, but we don't want our kids to be the kids that are left behind. Yeah. So it's, again, trying to balance, you know, what we know. And this is where I feel like women really need to reconnect to their own knowing and wisdom and intuition. Mm-hmm. And looking at our society at large and saying, again, we have gone so off course to how humans actually develop, how human beings relate to one another. Yeah. And so, and this isn't on the website yet, but the framework is, 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 kind of happening in my head. So I've kind of identified three different levels of unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, that first level is things about ourselves as individuals, you know, so I shouldn't feel like this, you know, my body should look like this. I should this, I, you know, so all of the, our identities you know, so all of these expectations that, again, are placed on us, but we've internalized as individual expectations. Mm-hmm. Then the next layer of expectations is about our relationships with other people. So our family of origin, our romantic ro- relationships, which, again, you know, we're waiting for a white knight to rescue us and, mm. you know... Our, our relationships with our children, the way we parent, our relationships with our friends. So our relationships have become entangled in all of these unrealistic expectations. And then kind of the third layer of expectations is more, again, these societal, cultural ones, such as about education and careers and money, you know, but also, you know, the patriarchy and white privilege and white supremacy so we have, basically, we have a lot of unlearning of these expectations where a lot of times I'm like, I don't even know where this came from. 
Yes. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and as you said, like some, so much of this can be very unconscious. It's so internalized that we're, we're not, we don't know where it came from. Mm-hmm. There's not like this, oh, this event or this person or this thing that happened in my life. It's just yeah. there. Well, and the, this is kind of this going back to this expectation discrepancy syndrome that I just off the cuff <laughs> um, <laughs> created. Created. Because a lot of women will be like, oh, well, no one expects this of me. It's only my own expectations. Mm. This is what I expect of myself. Mm. But then when we actually start unpacking that, it's like, well, no, like you didn't, you weren't born into this world feeling, you know, that you needed to, you know, be a size six, have an amazing career, also be a mother, you know, kind of that whole idea, like work, like you don't have children and mother, like you don't have a job. Yes. Um, Oh my gosh. gosh. um, You weren't born with the expectation that you needed to throw Pinterest um, worthy birthday parties for your children, you know, or even that, that default that children or that women, you know, should have children. Or and should be married and should and be should in a be. relation. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But that's the default. And if you stray off the default, like there must be something wrong with you. Yeah. Well, and and as you said, like we're not, we aren't born with these feelings or these, you know, mm. built-in expectations. They, they are, they can be really insidious. They can just creep in through now so many places with social media and being, you know, all of us sort of tuned in 100% to the outside world, but just culturally, just familially, they just, they, we can absorb them without Mm -hmm. being aware of it. Yeah. No, we breathe them in, you know, it's, it's all around us. So I think that's why when women say like, oh, no one expects this of me. I just expect it of myself. Yeah. Where I like to kind of gently challenge that. Mm-hmm. because also those expectations that she is trying to live up to are actually harming her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and just harmful societally as well. Mm-hmm. Like if, if we are constantly striving to look the right way, fit in, have the right type of, home, family, 2.1.2 kids or whatever it is. Like (laughs) it's hard. Well, and especially if you're not, if you don't have a sense of value in yourself as a person, like if you're not, I don't know, if you're not really feeling good about all these things you're striving to do, like it's just like this endless hamster wheel. Yeah. Because often what I see is, you know, the woman who has checked off all of the things on the list and then is like, but I'm not happy. So clearly there's something wrong with me. You know, Mm -hmm. so first of all, I challenge the expectation that our goal in life is to be happy. Yes. 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 Right. (laughs) So let's, let's just take that one down right now. (laughs) 
<laughs> our goal in happy is an emotional response to a trigger. Yeah. And, you know, our, even at Disney World, there are unhappy people. people. <laughs> and they're surrounded by happy making triggers. Mm-hmm. So I think looking at our emotional systems, you know, we're like, we want our baselines to be like, we are content and we have, you know, we have highs and we have lows and we don't get freaked out about them because that's just how our emotional system works. Yes. So I think, and this is, you know, also one of the things that I'm working on in terms of kind of packaging this up for people is we need to start teaching children about their emotions and not just like this is happy and this is sad and this is anger and this is frustration, you know, that those feelings are important, they're information, and they they are there for a reason from an evolutionary perspective. Right. So all of our societal expectations about feelings and that we have to be strong and that we need to tough it up and we can't be too sensitive or too emotional is, again, totally going against how human beings operate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if just thinking about like, oftentimes I will talk with clients in session and they'll talk about something that they're struggling with and then they'll say, but you know what? This is such a small thing compared to there's so many other people out there in the world that are struggling more than me. Mm. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, so you're just telling me like that you shouldn't, that you can't allow for this struggling to be there because maybe somebody is struggling more than you. Like you're still struggling. Yeah. It's not taking that away. And Too, I'll often say then, okay, so if you're happy, but there's someone out there in the world that's happier than you, then you can't really be happy. Mm -hmm. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. No. And that's that's what I've found. Like, the more I'm, you know, really identifying these expectations and starting to dismantle them, you start realizing just how ridiculous, just ludicrous and absurd they are. Yeah. And as you said, as you said that like there are highs and lows. I mean, and to me, that's where mindfulness has helped me to recognize, yeah, there are days that I feel really happy and good and content. And there are days when not so much, when I'm feeling a little bit low, maybe a little depressed, but I know it's just that it's part of who I am. Like Mm -hmm. these feelings come and go all the time. Yep. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that I've been learning about, which also makes so much sense, is because of all the expectations that have been placed on our bodies. Yeah. How disconnected we actually are from our bodies and our feelings. And, you know, the fact that, and this was like blowing my mind, I was just reading about this uh, yesterday, was, you know, our menstrual cycles and our hormonal shifts 
you know, are directly tied to our energy levels yeah, <laughs> and yeah. our moods. And, you know, there's even research about how at certain points of our cycles, we're actually better communicators. We are more creative. Yeah. And this is not this woo-woo like, you know, and again, I'm, I'm fully embraced the woo, but just if people are like, well, that's <laughs> <laughs> but no, we actually have science to support, you know, that what's happening in our bodies impacts how we're feeling. Oh, yeah. But then we're so disconnected and that we also place these expectations that we shouldn't be affected by things like that. Mm. Yeah, which of course we would be, right? I mean, it's hormones, it's chemistry, it's our, yeah, our physical beings that mm-hmm. are... Yeah, so I think part another expectation that we need to really start dismantling is around the relationship with our bodies. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and just that this was another little tidbit from this book I just read, Notes to Self, that she talks about how we're as women, we are uh sort of pushed to look at our bodily cycles, our menstruation as dirty, like mm-hmm. even the, even that, that it's been coined feminine hygiene. So like, right. So it's like mm-hmm. we, we have to make it nicer, more hyg- hygienic mm-hmm. to, in order to be okay. And mm-hmm. like, this is just who we are. Like, this is how we reproduce. This is how we are. are I mean, it's normal like that we bleed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or even, you know, that's, and again, I don't know if they still have these commercials, but I remember, you know, back in the eighties and nineties, you know, kind of like a vaginal douches, summer fresh. Oh, God forbid your vagina doesn't smell like a summer breeze. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Or when they show the commercials of how absorbent it is, it's this really beautiful blue, clear liquid. And you're like, that's not what my period looks like. Yeah. It's like, am I somehow, did I get like the broken version? Because mine is not blue. So, so, so going back to this idea that women say like, no, I put this expectation on myself versus no, you know, when you were six or seven years old and you caught a glimpse of a commercial for feminine hygiene products, you know, you were getting the message that there was something wrong or dirty or shameful about your body and what it was going to do in the future. Yeah. (sighs) And that is so hard to unpack. I feel like, you know, that because it is such a subtle, as you said, we breathe it in. It's, it's, it's hard to not, uh, well, and then on the other side of that too, is that, and then like, so what if your body isn't doing it the way, you know, it's supposedly normal. Like if you have incredibly heavy periods where you can't leave the house or if you get horrible, horrible cramping, like how do you even, it's like, well, just don't show up in the world, you know, Mm -hmm. just there's something wrong with you for that. Yeah. So Mm. I often will just tell people I have cramps. It really throws off, particularly men. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, it's my own little personal protest that I'm not going to be hiding this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I have a daughter and a son who's going to be, you know, interacting with 
girls and women mm-hmm. and they are already so uncomfortable with it and they're so squeamish yeah. and it's like you know what guys not on my watch i mean feel the way you feel <sighs> yes but we're gonna talk about this and i'm not gonna hide things and i'm not gonna make this feel like it's a shameful secret yeah and so, so that's my own little personal protest that makes even my own children really uncomfortable. <laughs> but I love it. I love it. Yes. So, so going back to this whole idea, because I also don't want to overwhelm people because I know like we've gone, we've covered a lot of things. We have. We have. Yes. So I don't want people to be like, oh my, like there's just too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because abs- it can feel like there's just too much. Yeah. You know, so just to leave with people with something that they can actually do is, you know, the next time you are feeling overwhelmed or busy or just not great in your own body, you know, taking that step back and first of all, asking, what expectation am I trying to meet right now? Mm. What, what, is, what is happening here? What am I trying to do? And then once you've identified the expectation that you're trying to meet, saying, first being like, where did that expectation come from? And if your initial res- response is from me, I'm going to challenge you to say, okay, sure, from you right now in this moment, but where was that seed initially planted? Yeah. And then really, is this expectation aligned with how I want to be living my life? Mm. So yeah. what expectation am I trying to meet? Where, did, where is this expectation coming from other than me? Mm-hmm. And is this expectation aligned with how I want to be living my life? Yeah. All great. Very mindful awareness around mm. yeah, what's happening here. Yeah. I love that. So how do people find your website, Agnes? So they can come find me at screwexpectations.com. I love it. On social media, I am on Instagram at screwexpectations. Full disclosure, I am super new to Instagram. Don't know what I'm doing. Feel like a grandparent trying to FaceTime. (laughs) But I'm feeling like, just before we started recording this call, how Facebook feels a little bit much at times. So I'm trying something new um, over at Instagram. And that's where I'm kind of posting, you know, these kind of one-offs, sharing a little bit about my day-to-day and what expectations I'm trying to screw. So this year I started not dyeing my hair anymore. I love that. I saw you. I read that post. That's pretty awesome. Um, And again, not for some big philosophical, you know, I'm sure there's all sorts of, but I was like, you know what? I just want to try this and see. And it's been so fascinating to me you know, that when I kind of have read about other women allowing their gray to grow in, how just earth shaking it can be for them. Because yeah. again, expectations about aging, 
and oh, yeah. looking old and letting yourself go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that I've been working on letting my hair grow out too. And yet, instead of just letting the, the gray come in, I've been just doing a few highlights to kind of cover it up. And I'm like, you're not letting it grow in. Come on, girl. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. That's totally okay. I'm not, yeah. you know, arguing no. that everyone needs to go, you know, and let their gray grow out. No. If you love dyeing your hair, you go. And I, and I also own, I totally reserve the right to, you know, whenever I feel like it, change my mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? You know, but I'm trying just this personal experiment of, you know, what is it like to really go against a societal expectation that I'm, you know, I'm 40, so that, you know, I'm quote unquote too young to stop dyeing my hair. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So, uh, so Instagram and screwexpectations.com. Screwexpectations.com. I do have a place where people can put their email address because occasionally when I feel so moved, I will send things just to the people, you know, on my email list just to kind of usually because they're thoughts I've had that aren't quite <laughs> website <laughs> or Instagram ready. There you go. <laughs> but because again, this is a movement for all of us. Yeah. And yes, I may be starting some of the conversations, but it is not just my conversation. Yeah. I don't want to be talking at people. I want to be talking with people. I want to be supporting them. And I just want, you know, my big dream is like one day we will be, you know, millions of women strong saying like, I'm not doing this anymore because it is not good for anyone. Nice. I love that. Screw it. Screw it. Well, thanks. Thank you, Agnes, for, as always, thank you for taking the time. I always enjoy talking to you, and uh, I just appreciate all you do out there in the world. Oh, thank you. I love talking to you as well, and I'm happy because, again, we've got a lot to talk about here. We do. We're just, like skimming the surface here. Yep, yep, and we will, I, hopefully we will continue the conversation at a later date. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks once again for joining us on the Woman Warriors podcast. I really enjoyed talking to Agnes. She, I feel like if she lived closer, we'd be hanging out like every day. But uh, she's in Canada, so that can happen. But I really enjoy her perspective. I enjoy her frank openness about women's roles and the things that contribute to our anxiety on a daily basis that maybe we might not even be aware of. So check out her new venture, screwexpectations.com. And uh, let me know what you think. If you've got thoughts or ideas on a great podcast episode, feel free to reach out to me through progressioncounseling.com or womanwarriors.com. Hit the contact me button and shoot me an email. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Start questioning those expectations. Ciao for now from this woman warrior.
Thanks for listening and subscribing to the Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com.